Hey, Red 8, Stand from the Virtcast. We have a special extra interview episode for you this week. Verge senior reporter Addie Robertson and I sat down with Congressman David Cicilline. He's a Democrat from Rhode Island. He's also, importantly, the chairman of the House Subcommittee on Antitrust, Commercial, and Administrative Law. Obviously, the key word there is antitrust. His subcommittee has been leading an investigation into the big tech platforms and how they affect competition. Last week on Friday, they held a hearing with executives from Sonos, PopSocket, Basecamp, and Tile, in which those executives, on the record, under oath, talked about how the big platforms bully them. Congressman Cicilline's investigation is coming to a close. You'll hear him talk about that. They're going to produce a report and then recommended legislation about how to regulate and manage the big platforms, how to enforce the antitrust law, potentially how to change antitrust law. One thing I want to call out, you're going to hear us talk about consumer harm and consumer welfare. It's a little bit of a a complicated concept, but here's a simple version. Right now, in order to be liable for antitrust violations, you have to meet something called the consumer welfare standard, which basically means prices go up. But so many of these platforms, Google, Amazon, are always bringing prices down or keeping things free, which means it's pretty hard to enforce the law against them. So one big question is, are you going to change a standard or are you going to find another way around it? We asked about it. I wanted to make sure we didn't get you caught up in jargon. It's there. You'll hear it. It's a really interesting answer from the congressman. And you're also going to hear about how he's thinking broadly about competition in these markets and what it means. Check it out. It's Congressman David Cicilline on The Vergecast. Congressman David Cicilline, you're from Rhode Island. You're the chairman of the House Subcommittee on Antitrust, Commercial, and Administrative Law. Welcome to the Virtcast. Thank you for having me. And I've got Addie Robertson here with me as well. Hi, great to be here. So last week, uh, you were in Colorado. You held a hearing. Your committee is, has an ongoing investigation into digital competition, which is something really interesting in, that we're really interested in. To me, it felt like a, like a turning point in the conversation about platforms because companies like Sonos and Tile and PopSockets were going on the record and talking about the problems they have with platforms. Did it, did it feel that way for you, too? Yes. I mean, I, I thought the hearing was a huge success for that reason. I mean, this is part of an ongoing um, major antitrust investigation, the first of its kind in about 50 years in Congress. Uh, and we've heard a number of stories like uh, the stories that were shared during that hearing. But I think this was the first time that a group of CEOs and entrepreneurs uh, provided sworn testimony under oath before Congress and before the American people about the implications of these large dominant platforms and the market power that they have. And so I think it helped people understand what the implications are of this tremendous concentration of power in these very large technology platforms and what it means to innovation and entrepreneurship and um, competition and I really admire the witnesses who came forward because it required a tremendous amount of courage when you hear about the stories about the bullying and the abuse of the power of these dominant platforms. It it takes a lot of courage to come forward and share that in public the way they did. It was great that the public got to hear it. It was great that we got to hear it. You got to hear it, too, and you're obviously chairman of the subcommittee. What were your takeaways? Um, You know, my reaction in hearing it was that these are just some really good examples of the impact of these large, you know, monopoly-like platforms that have tremendous market power that act as gatekeepers uh, very often for competitors and who use their market dominance to make it more difficult for people to enter the market and compete on a level playing field. And um, the kind of size of these allows them to engage in bullying behavior. And I think uh, the examples that PopSocket CEO described, where they essentially offered their products that he was selling at a lower price, 
and then told the company, oh, we expect you to make up the difference. And when the CEO said, well, I mean, that's not in our agreement. Why would you expect that? And they essentially said, well, if you don't do it, you're, uh, we're not going to continue to have a business relationship. And thereafter, when they ended that business relationship, uh, Amazon continued to populate its website with fraudulent items being sold under the uh, label of PopSocket that were not, in fact, manufactured by PopSocket and with very little interest in policing that. So that's very concerning, and it cost his business $10 million. So I think we saw examples in Tile with respect to Apple's kind of using their settings and their own kind of product that they develop, you know, Find My, and by creating this friction and creating difficulties for people to sign up for Tile because you have to go deep into the software, creating friction that will cause consumers not to use it. They're essentially putting, you know, Tile at an incredible disadvantage and they're using their market power to do that. And so I think, you know, these are examples of excluding competitors, blocking their entry into the market or acting as gatekeepers, creating friction. All of those things are reducing the presence of competition and represent, you know, discriminatory behavior, which I think ought not be permitted and is having real implications for consumers and for companies and for entrepreneurs. So it was, um, it really struck me listening to the struggles of these CEOs that are incredibly talented, innovative people that are developing companies and to be sort of bullied by these large dominant platforms was kind of disturbing to hear. So this is part of a larger investigation. As you said, it's it's the first of its kind in quite some time. What else have you learned? How much more do you have to do before you wrap it up? Um, you know, we're nearing the end of, of the collection of evidence in the investigation. We are still in the process of receiving and reviewing literally millions of documents from our documents document requests. Uh, we may have an additional, we certainly will have an additional hearing or two, I think, to finish the hearing, I mean, the uh, investigation, and then we'll begin the work of drafting the report, which will kind of set forth the findings about how the marketplace is functioning or not functioning, what the absence of competition means, and then we'll present a series of proposals, uh, both legislative and calls for regulation, that we think will respond to the absence of strong competition in this marketplace. So you are expecting to propose legislation at the end of this? Yes. How, I mean, I know your report isn't done and you're still working, but how sweeping do you expect that to be? Well, I mean, I, ho- I think it'll be very significant. Um, you know, I think, as I've said throughout this investigation, these are very easy problems to diagnose. I mean, the evidence is, I think, very clear about the kind of market dominance of these large technology platforms and some of the anti-competitive behavior that they're engaged in. The greater challenge is coming up with a solution. So I think it's easy to kind of identify the problem. But these are very complicated marketplaces. There are not easy answers to this. So we're going to work hard to come up with solutions that make sense, that actually create competition in this space and protect consumers and protect innovators. I mean, one of the things that I think is not always well understood is this market dominance has resulted in a significant decline in innovation. If you think about the social media platforms, I mean, we haven't had a new successful social media platform in a, almost a decade. Isn't the, I mean, TikTok is, is new. It's successful. It's not at the scale quite of the other ones, but it, it's new and it's certainly successful. Yeah, I mean, we've had smaller ones, but I'm talking about we, you know, part of the purpose of this is to make sure that, that the marketplace is working so you make room for the next Facebook or the next Amazon or the next Apple. And they're 
both acquisition strategy but also their behavior, I think, has made that uh, less likely. We've we've seen a significant amount of evidence about a reduction in capital formation because people are less inclined to invest in something that they don't think can be built out to be a successful and big company. And so, you know, there are real implications of this kind of dominance. And the expectation is that the report will kind of set out what we found, will set out what the impact of this kind of market consolidation is, and then suggest a set of proposals that will help promote competition in this space. I think it will include some legislative proposals to maybe modernize and update the antitrust statutes. It will certainly include some proposals or suggestions for a regulatory framework that would be appropriate. And I think it will also include some discussion about the current um, level of antitrust enforcement and ensuring that there are sufficient resources to robustly uh, enforce the antitrust laws and making sure that they are staffed by people who are sufficiently creative and enthusiastic to actually be doing the work. So I think you'll see discussions of all those things. So we're talking, it's, you know, opening arguments of impeachment are going on in the Senate. It seems like there's just a lot of polarization in the world. But I was watching the hearing and I was struck that there seems to be at least a bipartisan consensus on the problem, if not the solution. Absolutely. You know, when we launched the investigation, it was done in a bipartisan way with the full support of the ranking member, the Republican leader on the Judiciary Committee, as well as the ranking member of the subcommittee, Mr. Sensenbrenner. So, and and the investigation has been thoroughly bipartisan and in a very real way. Our staffs are working closely together, uh, and I think you're right. I don't know that we'll have agreement on every single uh, proposal or a you know, recommendation that the final report makes. But I think there's broad recognition from Republicans and Democrats that this market is not functioning properly, that there is a significant absence of competition and a and strong evidence of anti-competitive behavior by the dominant platforms. And I think there's a real understanding and an expectation that we're going to do something about it as a, as a Congress, the American people are expecting us to. So it's been very bipartisan, and I hope it will stay that way. One of the striking things from the hearing last week was how different the accusations against each of these companies was. How much do you think the same remedy is going to work for Google and Apple and Facebook and Amazon? It's a great question. And, you know, we've been very careful in this investigation to, you know, solicit information from the platforms, both in testimony and in documents relevant to the way those platforms are operating, because I think they're not all the same and their behavior has been uh, different in many respects. So I think we're going to look at solutions that provide you know, a response broadly to the marketplace. There's some issues where I think uh, there has been very serious concerns by a particular company in this area or this particular company in that area. But I think we're this is very much about the marketplace generally, and you will not see um, recommendations that are specific to a company, just like the investigation is not about a company. It's really about the marketplace broadly. And so I hope the application or the, the develop, uh, suggestions we develop both in terms of legislation and in terms of proposed regulations will address the marketplace broadly, but obviously respond to a number of different activities that we've seen throughout the investigation. Yeah. Do you think that you can craft a single framework that's going to address, say, the whole spread of problems from that hearing? Yes, I do. You know, and I think, again, the the goal is to create competition, to protect competition in that digital marketplace so that 
you know, when Amazon says, give us back, you know, money for the selling your product at a lower cost, that people have an opportunity uh, to think about another platform because that other platform will have had an opportunity to grow and be successful and uh, enter the marketplace. Um, so, I mean, I think, you know, competition in each of these examples is the solution and making sure that we're promoting competition and protecting folks from a whole range of discriminatory behavior or bullying. I mean, I think you can imagine a number of ideas that would just say you can't engage in behavior that does X, Y, or Z. That would apply broadly to uh, to all the large digital platforms. So that's like a pretty classic conception of a behavioral remedy, right? You can't do this. We're going to say you can't do it. You're forbidden from doing it. But there was a lot of talk about, you know, especially with Amazon, the platform self-dealing, get cutting themselves better deals, selling their own products after finding the data. I spoke to Elizabeth Warren last year, and she said, you can't just do behavioral solutions. You've got to do a structural solution. And that's why she was proposing breakups. Do you, do you agree with her on that? Well, you know, first of all, I think it's hard. I mean, Congress has certain powers. Breaking up companies is actually not one of them. So while we may have made a mistake by allowing some of these companies to get as large as they have, in fact, we have made a mistake. I think we should have had much more rigorous antitrust enforcement that would have prevented a number of these companies from getting as big as they are. Um, That's a problem. And so I think what we have to figure out now is, are there ways to require retrospective review of some transactions? Is there a way to ensure that if a transaction is approved based on a set of expectations that you then have an opportunity to go and see if those expectations were met or did something different happen and learn from that? But I think... um, it's harder for Congress to think about enacting a statute that breaks up companies. But I do think that we, I think the other suggestion that Senator Warren has made is a really interesting one and something I think that I've thought a lot about this notion of you can be either a platform or you can be a, you know, manufacturer or producer of services, but you can't do both. Um, Sort of the glass steagle of the internet. It's kind of an interesting idea because people go to a platform thinking somehow when they do a search, there's some neutral way that evidence is reviewed and you're produced, you know, you're provided with a result from that search. But we know that that is not the case, that the way people, you know, items get into the Amazon buy box and Amazon's use of its own private label to promote promote its own goods, it creates sort of an inherent conflict. You know, you're both a platform and a manufacturer of goods. And so it's kind of an interesting idea to think, like, should you at least separate out those functions and say you can be one or the other, but you can't be both. But I think breaking up, you know, these companies are too big and we've allowed them to exercise monopoly power and we have to figure out how to uh, correct that. So I think, you know, I'm looking at kind of what are the current antitrust tools that are available uh, to antitrust enforcers and how we might use those to promote competition. And But I don't, you know, there is not a mechanism that I can think of that would allow us to, as, as a Congress to go and break up a, a particular company. I think we can do a lot of things to correct the absence of competition in that space. But, you know, everything is on the table in my view, but I I'd have to think long and hard about how we could, in a congressional enactment, actually break up a company. That point you made about platforms and self-dealing is really interesting. It, I'll, I'll tell you, I've had a bunch of Microsoft executives from the 90s just tweeting at me all day about how the Microsoft antitrust suit didn't actually accomplish anything. Uh, and really the question that they keep asking is what what shouldn't you be able to integrate, right? So Tile was at the hearing. They built a tracking product. It appears, we don't know yet, but Apple is rumored to be building a tracking product. 
Apple's product will obviously have greater access to the operating system in the iPhone than Tile's product. Should that kind of conduct be prohibited? Should Apple have to have open APIs, which was part of the Microsoft consent decree? Yeah, I mean, I w- I'd have to think about the example you gave, but certainly if in that example, Apple makes it much more difficult for people to access the Tile product using their software and buries it in, or as they describe, you know, they constantly get reminders, do you want to you know, continue this service, or do you want to wait, you know, forget the particulars, but basically constantly prodding them to have to answer a prompt. Um, That creates the kind of friction that ensures that their competitor doesn't really have access to the marketplace, or if they do, it's short-lived. And so, you know, if it's, I think what we have to look at is, is the behavior of the company, you know, can it fairly be described as anti-competitive? Are they using their market dominance to make it impossible for a competitor to enter the marketplace and survive, and as a result, you know, leading to a reduction of innovation, a reduction of choices for consumers, maybe ultimately reduction, uh, an increase in costs. But, you know, they're only able to do that because they have so much market dominance. And so part of this is how do we deal with um, the reality that these four large technology platforms are so big and control so much of the market that um, they can, with a change of an algorithm, with making it more difficult to access their software, you know, make it almost impossible for a competitor to survive. That's that's not good for the economy. It's not good for consumer choices. It's not good for innovation, and it's not good for competition. So there were some really pointed questions and comments about consumer harm. Like Sonos obviously was talking about how people just aren't getting features because of Google's dominance. So are you thinking about ways to think about consumer harm more expansively, or do you think that we need to develop a standard that changes the consumer harm requirement completely? Yeah, I mean, I think for sure um, Sonos was a good example of where consumers are actually, you know, there was testimony that they're being harmed as a result of not being able to provide services as a result of, you know, just a policy or directive. And I think that's very problematic. I mean, that's a good example of where just consumers are not getting the benefit of services they would otherwise get, but for this very large uh, dominant market share shared by a competitor. But I think, you know, we've been thinking a lot about that in the investigation, uh, whether or not, you know, you want to think about consumer welfare more broadly or whether or not we ought to have an antitrust statute that really contemplates that, the harm that comes from an absence of competition in the 21st century in the digital marketplace. And, you know, maybe that relates to a whole range of other concerns about the impact on consumers and the impact on jobs, the impact on privacy and the impact on the ability of people to control their own data. And I think, you know, I'm thinking very broad, you know, expansively about, you know, what we should be protecting in our antitrust statutes, whether we need to modernize and update them to reflect kind of the current economy and the current kind of the 21st century broadly. I mean, you think about our antitrust statutes, they were principally developed at the turn of the century in response to tremendous market consolidation in the oil and gas and railroad industries. These are very different markets. And so it's, I think, an appropriate time to look at the existing antitrust statutes and say, do they capture what we need to capture when we think about promoting competition in this space? And do we need to kind of update them in some way? And I think thinking about that really broadly, there are a lot of good economists, technologists that we've um, listened to about the implications of this kind of market consolidation in the digital marketplace. Uh, And, you know, it has an impact on issues that I care a lot about. You know, one of the first hearings we did 
was the impact of the large technology platforms on free and diverse press and its impact on local journalism. And so it's not just like impacting the sale of widgets and the price people pay and the access they have to, you know, products. It's about access to free and diverse and reliable, trustworthy news, which is a cornerstone of our democracy. And so I think there are really serious issues beyond the kind of economics of this about, you know, undermining our elections, about um, undermining our ability to access reliable, trustworthy information that is essential to holding public officials to account and exposing corruption and all those things. So there are really profoundly serious implications of this tremendous market concentration that uh, I know we'll address in this report as well. Yeah. How does antitrust and this report specifically intersect with other potential tech-related reform? Like the hearing last week touched on targeted advertising and data privacy, both of which kind of exist as their own issues. There, There's obviously some argument to be made that to the extent that a platform doesn't provide adequate privacy protections for their users, that there at least one response to that is a competition-based solution. So you could imagine, uh, uh, you know, a requirement that uh, platforms provide for interoperability and portability so that if people are dissatisfied with the level of privacy protections of one particular platform, they can move easily to another platform and maintain the same level of interoperability. And uh, that's certainly a competition-based solution that might very likely lead to uh, more opportunities for consumers to access better privacy and better uh, protections of their use of their data. So I think it's hard to imagine that that would be sufficient, but I think I'm certainly, I think many of us are thinking about that as one of the approaches to this. Obviously, that's and to some extent the basis of some of the work of GDPR and even the state of California. The idea of like giving people the ability to quickly and easily move to a competitor who might offer them a you know different level of protection on issues that they care about. So that kind of ties into you were you were saying the economy is different now. I don't think uh, oil companies had a, a network effect where every incremental customer they had made the the whole whole oil company more valuable for every other customer. That is how these companies got really big, and people do like it. I, you know, at the end of the day, people really like Amazon. They're 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 happy with it. I you know our listeners and readers tell us all, I wish Apple made X new product like they kind of want them to be really big. How are you thinking of balancing some of the consumer affection for the big tech companies with the fact that regulating the network effect would kind of necessarily change them in a, in, a, in a meaningful way? Well, I mean, I think you know part of the response that we were gonna, we have in this investigation, and I think you'll see this prominently discussed in the final report is explaining to the American people, we've tried to do that in a series of hearings, um, explaining to the American people what the implications are of this kind of market dominance and what it means in terms of job creation and what it means in terms of innovation, what it means in terms of making space for the next great Apple or Google or Amazon. And so, you know, that is part of our responsibility to show Look, no, this is not that nobody. You know, this is not a suggestion that we don't like these companies. This is a suggestion of they are so large, and the market has an absence of competition, so that we're not making room for the next great company. And um, and and then giving people some examples of why this matters, both in terms of their ability to control their own data, the misuse of their data, the bullying by these companies, the kind of way that competitors have you know are being treated. That ultimately has implications for consumers too. But you know, part of this investigation is to really 
speak to folks about why this matters. It's not just sort of an academic exercise for a bunch of members of Congress who are, you know, fascinated with this. You know, I'm embarked on this because my constituents know, you know, part of the reason the economy is not working for them is because we have seen an enormous concentration of economic power that has not shared that prosperity widely with people. And there is a series of behaviors that are making it, these marketplaces less competitive and that are, you know, producing real harm, and we have a responsibility to do something about it. But we, you know, we, I understand that these are companies that have, you know, broadly speaking, popularity. And, you know, we recognize that, which is why we're going to be very careful in this report to kind of describe why it is that this is important work to do and what, what's the, what will be the consequences of us failing to take action and protect consumers and protect competition and protect innovation. Have you, have you reached out to these companies as well directly? Have you, have you had a hearing with Apple and Facebook and Google, or have you just talked to them? Um, I've talked to the CEOs uh, when the investigation began. Uh, they all pledged their um, cooperation, and so far that has been the case. And uh, we're in regular contact to my staff and their general counsel as they're doing document productions and, and the like. So, um, you know, I've made it very clear to them that this purpose of this investigation is not to is not directed to a particular company or a particular incident that, you know, we don't have, this is not an investigation like that is done in connection with an enforcement action. This is an investigation about the market pace broadly and about our responsibility to develop uh, good solutions and good ideas to get this marketplace uh, working and to really help to promote competition. And I expect, and they have in fact been part of this uh, work because they have an important perspective to share. And so far that, it has been, I think, a good relationship. All right. You've given us more time than you promised, but I do have one more question if, if you have okay. time to answer it. I am curious on your view of the Microsoft Netscape enforcement action, which seems to be the – it's like the shadow over all of this. Like, did it work? Did it not work? Did just knocking Microsoft back a little bit create the environment for uh, Google to emerge? Like, there are multiple interpretations of what happened there. I'm curious for yours. Yeah, I don't think there's any question it worked. I, think, I don't think there's any question that it made space for an enormous amount of additional innovation and competition. Just pursuing the enforcement action itself, not the consent decree. Yes. And are you hoping for a similar result here, or are you hoping to take it one step farther? Well, I mean, I, you know, we don't have – this is not an investigation that will result in an enforcement sure. action. This is an investigation that – you know, Congress is the only place – that has the ability to actually change the statutes and update the laws and put, you know, proposed regulations to actually fix this marketplace. So unlike an enforcement action that focuses on the behavior of a single company that then gets directed to do a single thing, our work is much broader and it is actually more significant because if we do it right, we can get this digital marketplace working properly and that will benefit consumers. It will benefit the next, you know, great company that's going to come down the pike because competition was possible. But if you write a bunch of new laws and regulations and then you staff an agency with creative, enthusiastic people who want to do it, you're going to result in a bunch more enforcement actions, presumably. Correct. Or a bunch better behavior by digital platforms. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, are you working with Elizabeth Warren or any of the other candidates on legislation actively, or are you just taking inspiration from them? No, I'm uh, just doing it through the investigation, not with any particular candidates. Got it. Well, Congressman Cicilline, thank you so much for the uh, few extra minutes here, and we hope to hear from you and hear about this investigation soon. Great. Thanks so much for having me. 
My thanks to Congressman Cicilline for joining us. That was a great conversation. My thanks also to Addie Robertson. We're obviously covering more of this as it continues to grow. We're going to be really interested in the results of this investigation when it comes out. We'll be back tomorrow with the chat show, back on Tuesday with the interview show. We've got a lot of interview shows booked, so you might see some extra ones from us as we go down the weeks here, but uh, I think they're all pretty good. Tweet at me. I'm at Reckless. We'll talk to you soon.